technically, it's still winter here in the triad, but this weather of late has us feeling like spring is not only right around the corner, but at times that it's already here, which means we're about to enter the hottest time in real estate. And perhaps now it's the perfect time to start talking to the Sharp Mortgage team about buying a home. When the market gets hot, being pre-approved for a mortgage loan first means that when your dream home hits the market, you're ready to make an offer. The Sharp Mortgage team has down payment assistance programs to make home ownership dreams possible for many in the Winston-Salem and Greensboro areas. They also specialize in construction lending, physician loans, and renovation loans too. Let the Sharp team prove to you how easy buying a home can be. Get started with an email to our friend Ashley McKenzie Sharp, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E, loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Welcome to our seventh episode of Top Tier Talks, and we have one of our longtime members, Ted, here, who's been here since... 2015 or 16. Um, he is a teacher at the ABC School, which we'll, we can dive into more of what he does there um, later in the podcast, but want to welcome him to the podcast. Thank you. All right, Ted. So we usually start like, what is, what is fitness to you and how has that evolved? Um, but I'm curious, like, what got you into fitness? Like, from that being high school, and I'm guessing sports, but the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. So the story goes, I, um, I've always been a big kid. So I was, I was 10 pounds when I was born. And I moved down to Florida uh, with my mom before my dad was able to transition down, and my sister, just because of job situations. And I moved across the street from a school that had, like, um, Middle, it was a middle school that I ended up going to later on, but they used to have high school kids play football, basketball there. So I would just go over there and I would run around with the high school guys at six years old. <laughs> right. And I was, I'm not bragging, but I was, I was good enough to be able to hang with him. So I've always been super competitive, especially also is cause I was like, I don't, I was big, but I, you know, I had real blonde hair with thick glasses. Most people look at me and they're like, eh, I don't buy this guy. <laughs> and then Basically, you know, I grew up and just basically playing with kids older than me, bigger, faster, stronger, but I was like 10 years younger than them. So, you know, fast forward some time and then we got to middle school. I was like that kid, like in sixth grade where I was the last one picked. And like, so in middle school, they had, they break it up. They had sixth grade teams and eighth grade teams or sixth, seventh grade teams and eighth grade teams. Um, I was, when I first started, I was like the first, last one pick. But then when I basically destroyed everybody, <laughs> I, was, I was the first one picked. And I actually played with the eighth graders even when I was this grade. But I think that's because of my experience of just playing with people bigger and older than me. And then, you know, I also did like a lot of rec stuff where I used to have uh, former counselors would play, that played in an NFL. And, you know, I'd play football with them as well. And um, so that's how I got started with um, being competitive and then you know when I'm in high school like I basically was just bigger than everybody else bigger stronger faster I wasn't necessarily taller but um so I just started lifting weights uh, started you know probably like 15 16 years old mostly bodybuilding stuff not uh not necessarily doing a lot of leg stuff but bench press and you know all the the global gym stuff you do 
Um, and of course, I played sports in middle school and high school. I mean, soccer, volleyball, football, basketball, tennis, um, all those things. So, and I've always been competitive in that way. And you know, it's kind of like, you know, you get to a certain age where you still can be competitive, but it's not like you can play. Like my dream was always to play in the NFL, but I was never really tall enough, um, necessarily fast enough. I was pretty fast, but um, so you have to find some outlet. And then, you know, based on my history of my family, like my father, he uh, he died of a congested heart failure, same with his father. So I knew that even though I'm not a huge cardio fan, that cardio is good for me overall health. It was up to me, preferably I would probably just lift weights and not do much cardio, but I know that it's healthy for me and good for me and obviously it'll keep me in better shape in a longer run, you know, based on my family history. So, you know, that's how... That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> yep. So after high school, um, college mm-hmm. at, at Florida State. Yep. Okay. Correct. Yeah. College we'll, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that a little. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm guessing at at Florida State is when you found powerlifting, bodybuilding, more more so like as that outlet. Um, Was it the bodybuilding? Like, what what drew you into? Yeah. So like, I always wanted like I played sports in high school and then I wanted to continue in college mm-hmm. and there's a huge thought process of like walking onto the football team at Florida State of course at that time was like in the late 90s when Florida State was super good like you know playing like three national titles in four years um but uh you know I met someone up there that was a walk-on and he was telling me the process of it. And, you know, for walk-ons, it's not the same as scholarship players. They basically, you know, they get beat up a lot, but they also don't get all the advantages like, you know, the hot tubs and the tanks and the supplements and all that stuff. So it kind of got discouraged. So I ended up, you know, playing IM sports. I am flag football and I am basketball, whatever. Um, so I did a lot of that in college. And then um, Florida State has a really nice gym. Just, you know, just went to the gym and worked out and it's more like club florida state but you know whatever <laughs> what i mean by that is like you go there and you just see people like kind of just dressed up and fancy like they're going out to a club but yeah yeah well okay. that's florida state for you man right. uh <laughs> great gym though four-story gym you know uh basketball courts on the top floor and a lot of the football players used to play basketball it was pretty cool i played one time with anquan bolden i don't know if you guys know who he is but uh, former football player, played for the Cardinals. He's a freak athlete. <laughs> um, just to watch him play basketball. Um, but anyways, yeah, so, it, yeah, I just continued in college and just like working out. And really that was – that's all there is to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's fair. So what, what did you major in? Uh, I majored in education with this like, like an emphasis on um, social sciences. Okay. Um, but I, uh, I have a learning disability. Um, not a lot of people know about that, but it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's documented by psychologists and all that. And so I got like extra services in, in high school and in college and junior college as well. I went to junior college as well. And um, so I was trying to get a degree in education, but I had a hard time passing the test for education. So in order for me to graduate, I graduated with social sciences with a emphasis on education. So um, I took all the educated courses. I did an internship. I actually did an internship at my old high school I went to, which is very unusual, which was cool. You know, um, 
I did that as you did that. And then, you know, I also, when I was doing that as well, I also did some coaching on the side. I helped out with um, a baseball team, Babe Ruth baseball coaching, um, some weightlifting. Over the summers, I would do some weightlifting for um, a wrestling team. But um, so went back to school, couldn't pass a test, whatever, failed a bunch of times. And then so eventually it was like, well, to graduate, I could just graduate in social science and then worry about the test later. And basically that's what I did, graduated and then... Later on down the road, I, I just I actually ended up taking the test for special education K through twelve, and I actually passed that and was certified K through twelve. Now my current job, I don't really need that certification, but I was at one point certified teacher K through twelve. So okay. that's how that worked out. <laughs> Um, yeah. So just a little background, like I've, I'm super into people that give back to kids. Like I mm-hmm. don't really have a lot of patience with adults per se, <laughs> um, but with kids, I think it's really cool. Like what you do with kids, if you would like to share a little bit about that or share what, what brought you into that. Like yeah. What- so um, I always wanted to kind of be a coach, but they don't. When you go to school, they don't really have a coaching degree. <laughs> I mean, most people who become coaches start out as teaching. So um, my dad was a professor at USF in Tampa and in Sarasota, and he was real good friends with a special education uh, professor there, and he used to run a camp for um, kids kids and adults all ages like 6 to 60 um, with disabilities, overnight camp, three weeks each summer, and I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I went over there, and you know, I did that, and it was fun, and it was, I enjoyed it, and I really liked doing it, and... You know, that's kind of how I got started in that and then basically evolved from there. And then, you know, I started out, I've always really worked with kids with disabilities, whether it's kids on the autism spectrum, kids from like broken down families or broken down homes, um, all kinds of disabilities as well. Um, so I've always, I've just always, I don't know, I find that much more, not necessarily enjoyable, but very different than typically developing kids. Um, I find it more rewarding because, you know, I guess it's more about the expectations. You expect typical kids to act a certain way where some of these kids don't have the same advantages as some typical kids have, whether it's family issues or just, you know, disability or whatever. Um, so that's how I got started in that. And I've been doing that for 22 years. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been at the ABC school? So ABC, I've been there. Actually, I just had my 12th anniversary. So yeah, January 31st. It's been 12 years. Yep, yep. So um, I teach the middle school, high school classroom. I've taught as young as kids 18 months years of age. Um, we provide services for um, one-on-one and group services, just depending on what parents' preference are and financial situations, things of that nature. But um, I've always enjoyed that. I mean, I like working with the middle school, high school kids better. Not better, but I like working with them because, the, you know, they, it's cool to see their development, especially socially, because uh, people on the autism spectrum, uh, social interaction is one of the biggest challenges. Um, just so to see the social interaction progress and uh, move forward is, is really cool to see. It, it's great to see in little kids as well, too. Yeah. Um, it's just a little more challenging little kids. And, of course, early intervention is the best right. the earlier you get them. Um, you know, because, for example, like, um, you know, a kid does something like you breaks a toy. A lot of kids will cry when they break a toy. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, like, not that uncommon to see, like, when kids are younger to see certain behaviors. Um, but there are certain other behaviors you can you can see once you've, you know, 
worked in the industry for a while. Right. But, you know, like, you know, you lose a certain toy or whatever, or you, you get a toy taken away, and you know, a kid screams and lays on the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. that could be typical, or it could be something else. It's just right. So it's always hard. It's a little bit challenging sometimes, but there are certain cues or certain things you can see the you know, uh, see the difference, but yeah. yeah. Yep. What's your favorite part of the job and hardest part of the job? Uh, favorite part of the job is just relationships with the kids. Um, I, I think relationships are the most important, mm-hmm. um, because you, you know, it builds trust, but it also builds like, you know, the more that they, you believe in them and they believe in you and the, the relationship you have with them, the more likely that they're going to want to achieve certain expectations that you have and goals and and, you know they they're it's just like anyone else they want to make whoever their guardian or parents or teachers they want to make them proud as well um so that's uh yeah i mean that's i mean i think that's a big part of it um and i also think it's to me it's the most important part like that relationship because if you don't have that like you know we do something called pairing which means you pair with with kids like on things they like to do reinforcement so that they're more likely in the long run able to do things for you or with you or whatever um so i feel that that's those are those are the biggest things Mm -hmm. yeah yep and least favorite or hardest oh least favorite or hardest uh probably like paperwork i'm not i've i've never uh yeah i never um i've never been a big fan of like i'll do it uh, you know I, I never like ideally wanted to be like a teacher teacher what i mean is like lesson planning and grading papers and stuff like that now you know the way our classroom structure we don't necessarily grade papers and stuff but we do lesson planning yeah. and like we plan out independent work like a lot of our kids work on digital skills, so mm-hmm. digital um, assignments on iPads and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff is like, eh. yeah, it's not the, not the funnest stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is you get to act like a kid, and it's like being goofy and can be a kid, and no one really cares. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to like necessarily behave a certain way because mm-hmm. that's what the job says you're supposed to do. Right. <laughs> you know, you can just right. be a goofball. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it was like when we just opened up. Um, post-pandemic closures, like watching you. So, I mean, that's when me and Kyla were going through a lot with her mom leaving. I mean, watching you interact with her was really cool for me. That was like just a whole eye-opener. I mean, again, you walk in, big guy, love lifting weights, pretty intense when you're lifting weights. Like, I mean, I've seen you throw a weight belt, you know what I mean? But then, like, watching that transfer, I mean, it wasn't like a transfer. I didn't see you throw the weight belt and then go play with Kyla. You were, but, like, it was – you come in in the way, the patience and the way you work with kids. It was really cool for me to see that, like, in my own daughter. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like that. You hear that thing about on the off the, on and off the field. Like, you're on the field. You have mm-hmm. this player mentality. Like, you know, you're much different off the field. I feel like it's the same way, you know, when I'm working out. I'm Yes, I'm intense. I'm into it and this and that. But then, like, off the field, I'm different. We're off the whatever, the gym floor. And, um, you know, most people... They perceive me very wrong. <laughs> Most people are like, really? You work with kids? You work with 18-month-year-old kids? I was like, I thought you were a policeman or a bouncer or a security guard. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, my mom, you know, she always calls me a teddy bear, but 
<laughs> basically, I, I have this like kind of rough persona or rough look to me, like or like, oh, I don't know about that guy. But then once you get to know me, it's like, oh, whatever, he's just a marshmallow. So, <laughs> and that's all been all my life, you know. Even <laughs> teachers are like that. The teachers I've had in the past are telling me the same thing. So, most people are very unsure about me at first. <laughs> they can't figure. They try to figure it out. Even in job interviews, most people are like, they're like, I don't know about this guy. He seems good, but <laughs> so I don't know. So it's, I've always been that way. So. Yeah. Let's talk about Cindy. Okay. <laughs> when did Cindy enter the picture? So uh, she entered the picture in 2000, 2000, I think it was 2000, 2000, yeah, um, in, at Florida State, mutual friend, went on a date, it was good or whatever, and, you know, it was kind of a on and off, you know, just kind of talking thing for a while, and then eventually... Funny, it's funny you're talking about this right now. This uh, Saturday, Saturday the 11th? Yes. Right? Yeah, Saturday the 11th. I will not be coming to the bowling because this is our, this will be our, it's our first date anniversary oh, that we okay. first officially started dating in college in 2001. Okay. Yeah, which was, you know, hard, hard for me, not because of her, but my dad passed away in January mm-hmm. 2001. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was, that was a rough... <laughs> That was a rough time in college as well because, I mean, I know that my dad would want me to finish, but obviously my grades were very poor that semester, but understandably so. But, um, yeah, so anyways, 2001, we started dating, and then, you know, it just progressed from there, and, you know, we're still together now. It's been 20 years. We've been married, I think, 14 years, 2007. So in August, it'll be 14 years. Or is that 15 years? (laughs) I can't remember. 15, maybe? Yeah, it'll be it, 2007. It'll be 15 years. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's. And have y'all always worked out together? Uh, no, she really never worked out. But I was such a gym rat that she's like, "Well, I'm gonna do what he's gonna do." Mm-hmm. And I, at first, I don't know if she really wanted to do it, but I think she just wanted to do what I want, like wanted to do. So she would, you know, go to the gym and work out and. Um, global gym type stuff or whatever and then eventually i mean she eventually got into it and then like that's kind of how we started crossfit we moved up here and we saw like um i don't know it was groupons or something and uh what year did y'all move up here 2011 okay. yeah 2011 okay. okay and uh it's like 2012 is when i started crossfit we uh started crossfit winston-salem and um just kind of evolved from there and she seemed to enjoy CrossFit and I mean I always enjoyed lifting so I didn't mm-hmm. wasn't really a thing for me and um, yeah so that's how we got started with that Timing is everything in life and I'm certainly hoping that my timing is right to deliver this message to you from the Ginther Group a triad real estate team with a vast local knowledge What's the question you often ask yourself when it comes to buying or selling a home Is this the right time Buyer's market, seller's market, low interest rates, high interest rates, doesn't matter. The answer can always be yes. You just have to strategize appropriately. And we provided many of those guides in our podcast with Blake Ginther and his team right here on this same feed. But here's a new one offered by the Ginther Group. Let's say you want to sell, but your home condition isn't ideal for a competitive marketplace. They've got a program that can help called Renovate Now, Pay Later. That's right. If your home is a little rough around the edges, you can make the improvements now and pay at closing when you sell. 
Contact the Ginther Group at 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to learn more and see if it's an option for you. You can also talk to them about other helpful resources like their first-time homebuyer seminar or a real estate wealth management consultation. Whatever you need, contact them today and like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. Always had the beard and the long hair? Uh, so... <laughs> A funny story. As somebody that funny grow story. A beard but does have long hair. So, in high school, I did uh, started growing my hair out in eighth grade, and so through high school, I didn't cut it for twelve years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's actually a picture up on my wall of this fancy Fabio look that I have. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll bring it in to show you guys one time. I should have brought it, but anyways, um, so I had it so long, and then you know I went to college, and you know started hanging out with some buddies there, and then one of my buddies I used to hang out, he's like, dude, you want to get some girls? You gotta cut your hair. So I was like, whatever, dude, I'll try to do it. So I cut my hair, um, you know, just just to see how that would work out. But um, so did he meet you with long hair or short hair? Was it short hair? Short hair, and then I, I kept it pretty short for a while, and then you know I'd say about seven or eight years back i was like you know what the job i'm at they're real they're really you know with long hair because some jobs yeah. yeah especially in teaching they want you to like not firefighter yeah. yeah so um i was like well they don't care i'm just gonna grow it out again so i started growing it out and then the beard is like usually just a wintertime yeah, thing yeah, yeah. The beard. i uh during the summer it gets scratchy and itchy to me so i don't like that and it's hot so i just shave it off but so I kind of just wear the beard during the winter, winter months. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, which one of your students, or I know you maybe you can't go directly, which which gave him the idea for the uh, a Thor hammer water bottle? Yeah. So um, you know, each student like some of them like similar things, some of them like things very different. Uh, one of the students, uh, you know, when I put my hair down, he's like Thor. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna go find if I can get a hammer. So I looked up on Amazon. That's all. Oh, Thor water bottles, so I went out and bought a water bottle, and he thought it was cool, and yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, yep. And there, so I got a Thor water bottle. Thor water bottle. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So, All right. yep. So I went. Um, talk about if you don't mind the the evolution from you. You said you started CrossFit. Were you still at, at CrossFit Winston Salem? Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in time, were you into more of the powerlifting or the weightlifting? Because right now, I would say you're more definitely more into the weightlifting. Yeah, I, um, well, I remember doing my first CrossFit workout outside and it was like summertime (laughs) and it was thrusters. And of course, knowing me, you know, me, I, you know, never really done a thruster before, but I'm going to go RX. So I did 135 and I literally was, (laughs) I was, it was rough. I was, I was done. (laughs) Yeah, I was done. And I was like, man, this is the hardest thing I've ever done, you know? And I was like, wow. And, um. So I remember that vividly, but, but other than that, I mean, I just, I don't know, it just evolved, I guess, you know, I, um, like I said, in high school or college, I didn't really squat too much as much. I used to bench like three yeah. or four times a week. <laughs> um, you know, I could explain the tight shoulders. Yes, probably. Um, but <laughs> it really wasn't until CrossFit. I mean, I would squat a little bit, you know, but not much to, you know, some leg machines and stuff like that, but it wasn't until CrossFit that I started squatting more, like, you know, squatting or squatting heavy or squatting heavier. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just never, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I enjoy the weightlifting and powerlifting more. I have done a powerlifting meet before. It was fun. Um, I did blow out my shoulder. <laughs> uh, At the powerlifting meet? or Yes. Okay. Yes. So, what? We'll backtrack a little bit. I actually had um, football in high school. I had a shoulder injury for years. And my shoulder, like one time I was trying to do handstand push-ups. And I'm like, I can't do handstand push-ups. Even though I know I can do them. So I ended up going to the doctor and I basically had bone spurs um, attached like my clavicle, mm-hmm. bone spurs on top of my clavicle and my labrum was frayed. Um, so and they said that basically it happens from old football injuries that don't heal or whatever. So I had to get surgery for that. And that was probably, that's probably been 10 years now or 2013, 14, I don't remember. But mm-hmm. um, so it got that cleared out of the way and then I uh, trained for a powerlifting meet, and I think this is 2016 or 17. Um, and I, you know, obviously, powerlifting meet at a program I was doing, but you're benching a lot, and uh, somehow, like I, um, my elbow was bothering me, but I wasn't thinking anything of it or whatever. And I went to uh, <laughs> went to bench. I think it was my second lift at like 3:35, and it just went. Shoulder or elbow? Shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah. But it was my elbow. Like, I remember it in training. I could feel it. But in training, I wore, like, a, uh, one of those Mark... What's his name? Mark Bell's... Uh, mm-hmm. what I, in the power thing, you're not allowed to wear those. But um, So I didn't really think anything of it. But I, it was probably one of those things where I knew it was gonna it was happening. But it's just whatever. You know, you get in your head. You're like, oh, let's just do it. <laughs> you know? So I hit, like, 320. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Went for 335, and you could just hear it, just a pop like that. And then I was done for like six months. But I did, I did finish the weightlifting meet because I deadlifted after that, and I was able to deadlift 575 <laughs> with a bum that shoulder. Was, that was before your back injury, I'm guessing. Yes, okay. yes, okay. yeah. So that was before the back injury. So it probably was 2016, and then, um, yeah, that back injury. Ugh. That was a rough time. I think that was probably. Right before I came here, probably. Okay. Um, yeah, I just... I um, was deadlifting. Deadlifting pretty heavy. Back was tight or sore. And it might have been because I did a workout before. I don't remember. But I remember the next day, because that was on a Saturday, and then on a Sunday I went and played golf. And as you know, when you play golf, you're doing a lot of twisting and twisting. And it did you know... It, I played golf and I seemed fine. I woke up fine and then like it didn't seem like it hurt that much. I went on Monday to squat. It was like 315. I just fell to the ground. My right side completely shot. I couldn't I couldn't stand up. <laughs> like I couldn't like I couldn't stand up with the barbell at all and I was like, "Okay, something's wrong." <laughs> but there wasn't so much pain with it, but I knew that, you know, something was wrong and then later that's when later the pain started coming and it's like I never got officially diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I probably had some kind of herniated disc um, and dealt with that for a long time. And uh, now I do some uh, uh, chiropractic work and stuff, and that helps. But um, And it's it's pretty good now. I think it's still, you know, I can still feel a little bit of irritation with certain movements, um, but nothing to where, like, I don't feel not confident lifting heavy weight. I mean... I wanted to, I probably could still deadlift 550, but um, 
you know, if I feel comfortable doing that, I will. If not, I just, I won't. Yeah, yeah. So. Picked up on um, that. I yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. So. What would you say your fitness goals are these days? I would say the biggest one is to be able to not injure myself to where I can't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, it's okay being sore or tired or whatever like that, but, you know, I if I had to, like, sit out for, like, six weeks, seven weeks or whatever, that would be a problem. Now, you know, things happen, like, so I also had surgery on my foot. I don't remember if you were here. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I had um, fibroma. It's a... They say another another football injury. So I read up about it, and they said that sometimes when you break your leg, um, you develop fibroma in your foot because of the broken leg. Don't really know if this is true or not, but I did break my leg tackling somebody. They landed on my leg, <laughs> and knowing me, playing through the pain, I kept playing <laughs> with a broken was it tibula, the smaller bone? Yeah, broken tibula. I kept playing the game. Um, Right, so I didn't go to the doctor for three weeks, even though I told my mom that my leg was hurting. They, I go to the doctor to get an x-ray, and they're like, oh, yeah, you broke your leg, but it's already started to heal by itself. Yeah, so I also have a high tolerance for pain. <laughs> it's, just, it's, always, it's always been a thing with me as well. Um, but anyways, because of that, they said that, well, what I read is that sometimes fibroma develops in the foot, and it's basically like these large non-cancerous tumors, and it got to the point where I, like, I basically could only walk for like a minute and then I had to put my leg up. So I had to get something done because I guess they grow. Like they've been in there forever. They've been there since I can remember. They've been there for 20 years. I could feel them on the bottom of my foot, but they never, they're in the arch of the foot. So they never really bothered me until they started bothering me. And then I was like, okay, I can't really walk anymore for more than a minute. And you could feel it like sobbing. And I'm like, I had to put my foot up. And so I'm like, yeah, I got to get that done. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, but. Really no major injuries from CrossFit, <laughs> just, just mostly football stuff. <laughs> so recently I'm recording our financial podcast and talking with Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. And the phrase hits us, debt-free in 2023. Makes for a good headline. But we can all admit it's pretty aggressive. Even if that's unrealistic, you can still make this the year you get serious about your financial goals. Saving for retirement, saving for your child's college education, those might be realistic. Now, where do you go? You could do a web search and get 10 different answers. Or you could go to a professional who knows your financial goals and concerns and treats you like a friend. We believe the best financial advice flows from a comprehensive plan with a local advisor committed to seeing you achieve your financial goals. If this sounds like it's for you, you can check out Three Magnolias Financial Advisors right here in Winston-Salem. Their website is 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com. You can learn more there or you can give them a call, 336-701-1600, and schedule a complimentary introductory meeting. Be comfortable with your financial future. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors, retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. So you clean and jerked over 300, what, a year and a half ago now? No, it was probably, what, seven months ago? Man, I, I'm not good with time. Um, it wasn't, it, it, yeah, it was probably about seven months ago. Seven I think feel ago. like it's October, somewhere in October. Okay. Maybe, maybe even shorter. Yeah. 
It was 3.05. Okay. It was on a Saturday. Okay, so you, okay, I was referring when you hit 300 about a year and a half. Oh, later, yeah, the first yeah, time you that's correct. Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, you, yeah, you hit the 305. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, that was, that was about yeah, probably about true. seven months ago. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah. the 305. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty cool because how, again, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 45. So to be PRing your lifts in my 40s. In your 40s is. Yeah, yeah there's not I too mean, many. with injuries of football, mm-hmm. high end athletic endeavors, like. How does that feel? Like, how does that feel? Like, when you when you think about like you know family history, yeah. like what you're doing, like how does that make you feel? If you I don't mean, mind asking, I, it feels grateful that I'm this age and I can still like, you know, probably lift as heavy as younger guys. I might not be able to keep up with them cardio wise, but I could be like, you know, I could I could outlift you, or I could at least compete with you, or whatever, you know. And I'm 20 years older than you, or whatever it is. Um, so that always feels good and you know, you always always have goals like for you know, cleaning jerk and snatching, cleaning jerk is always it's like one fifty for me, which is like three thirty, and then one twenty, which is like two sixty five for snatch. Um, so those will be lifetime goals. Doesn't mean I'll if I ever hit those goals I'll yeah, give up. I'll, I'll I'll keep I'll keep going. Um, you know, so and, and I'll lift as heavy as I can. I'll be I mean I might be 80 years old trying to lift 400 pounds. Uh, yeah, Rudy Kudlub uh, of Kabaki Strength, and I, I'm sure I just pronounced everything terribly wrong. Okay. But he like didn't start powerlifting until he was like in his 50s. Oh wow! And he uh, every year on his birthday he does like a, a a shot from a nice bottle and maxes his deadlift. Right. Um, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure last year or two years ago he he set the world record for heaviest deadlift from like a 73 year old or something oh, like wow. that, over 500 yeah. pounds, like well over 500 pounds. Okay. Um, yeah, I think again, I've seen if somebody is listening, they're like, "Oh, yeah, it was this, this, and this." I'm sorry, like I'm I'm vaguely familiar with all that, but I just remember right. that popped up in like my news feed, yeah, of 70 year old like deadlifts. It was over 500 pounds. I'm like, "Holy crap, man! This dude's yeah. 70 years old." That's right. And, like, I mean, I'd, I'd be fortunate if I can do that, and, and I would try. I would still try. Yeah. So I don't plan on giving it up anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, I feel like you have being in the gym, at this gym, almost from the mm-hmm. beginning. Like, what have you seen over the years or, like, appreciated over... I don't know. I don't know how to phrase the question, but... What, what, keeps, you, what keeps you coming back to top tier? Like, there's a lot of other gyms in the area. Um, I mean, we de-affiliated from CrossFit. Like, I know me and you talk a lot about the competition side of CrossFit versus, yeah. like, the, the separation from us not being an affiliate with CrossFit, but still, um, I mean, you like to compete against people your age, so... Um, competing yeah. in the open so what but what like from that all I mean you were you were good friends with Mike Mike left for the army yeah you know we went through Brandon um, went through a change in ownership then another yeah. change in ownership yeah um, um you know I just I don't know I, I, I have a, a an ability to decompartmentalize which means basically I don't really care what's going on, on the outside I just do what I do um you know and um all the other stuff doesn't really matter to me. And I mean, I just enjoy lifting. So, um, you know, and I have friends at all the gyms and, you know, I will occasionally try to go to another gym and lift with people I know. Um, but you know, this is, this is my home now. So, um, you got your kilo plates. Not yes. many of the gyms have the kilo plates. This is true. I do have the kilo plates. <laughs> I remember saying one thing. I remember what I tell Will, I was like, dude, don't sell the kilo plates. That's like, 
could sell the because before you know before there was, there was a platform here yeah, there was and, a platform here yeah was, you know was, some other you know whatever so i was like writing your squares that was that yeah, always been your yeah. squares that did you start yeah. on the platform yeah, yeah okay yeah. i did not know that yeah okay so that's All what right. that platform yeah. used to be and yeah. um yeah yep. so um yeah, yeah, I remember that. If I, I visited when I was still in the military. Yeah, there's um, a yeah, there's a video of me and Chaz lifting. Um, and we're lifting on a platform. Yeah. I don't know if I still have it on my phone or not, but yeah, we're doing some front squats on the platform. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. You know, you guys are good people, so no problems here. We'll, we'll get you the chains one day, big guy. We'll get you. We'll get you your squatting chains one day. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> so I was actually yeah, reading that, some programming uh, notes um, from Training Think Tank, and they they had programmed uh, weighted pull ups mm-hmm. and then squats with chains. I was like, oh yes. my god. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, you look at someone like uh, Sam Dancer or whatever. He mm-hmm. he does a lot of like, I don't know what you call the word for it, but like just different type of training. Yeah. Like he actually doesn't necessarily squat heavy a lot he does a yeah. lot of band training yep. and chain training yep. and then yeah. like he'll make maybe he'll max out once every like year year and a half yeah, yeah. but obviously i mean he's super strong and yeah, dude, whatever strong. the different variety of training he does works so um you know i think sometimes just doing different things that are unusual like when you guys program sandbag carry yeah. or sandbag cleans yeah you know some of that stuff is different just to give it a different stimulus and you know, the more muscles you get working uh, together, you know, and different muscles you don't use, the stronger you're actually going to get. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. I do think my, my view on, on programming and uh, training has definitely evolved from the military to so more of an endurance type of training and bodybuilding, like in supplement with bodybuilding, but more focused on endurance space for the military to finding competitive CrossFit, to thinking I would be really good at that. Newsflash, I wasn't. <laughs> um, to, like, training um, overall for, like, a hybrid-style athlete. I initially got into that with Alex Vieta, okay, the guy, yeah. the big guy that ran. Like, yeah. he's, he's done – I think he's done the 505-minute five, five mile, or he's tried to train for that. Squats um, and something Yeah, like it's, that. it's some crazy stuff. And then yeah. running an ultra-marathon. I know Tony yeah. Cowden got into that. Like, so people that were, you know, some of them were in the CrossFit space and some weren't, and then – different things that you can do like the human endeavor is what i'm trying to say right. and i really like to pull from all the backgrounds um but it's interesting as we talk about like you know me and you talking about like our goals of being you know like rudy codlib of 70 years old and still deadlifting like the thing that we see is strength training like yeah. that is like like can you fall to the ground and get up not like can you do 100 burpees for time right. per se i mean that's that's good obviously if you can do 100 burpees for time yeah. and, and get up you're good but it's like the strength trainer, do you have the strength to walk up and down stairs still? You know, that's, that's a, that's a big thing as people age. Yeah. And I, and I think it's not, they're both important. Cardio is important, of course, but I also think strength is important for longevity, you know, in terms of, you know, just overall health and fitness and, um, you know, staying strong. And because the first thing that goes, you know, when you get older is your bones and your muscles and things like that. So, um, not that I'm saying this because I don't like cardio, but I do think strength is probably a little bit more important than overall cardio. It's just my personal opinion. Um, some people will disagree with that, but I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not a marathon runner, so I'm, I'm not five foot eight, 120 pounds. But um, I don't know. You can just look at the studies and the research. And, you know. well, I think it's about finding what works for you too. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And that's where. 
I do want to be constantly evolving and, and changing and you know maybe one day we'll have a facility where we can have some chains and set up different things and bands yeah um, just changing it from what we currently have again just always trying to grow and evolve right um, which is which is not always easy but it's it's sure. good to, again that's where you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so you can become a better more resilient human being absolutely Ted thank you for coming on I hope you yeah, enjoyed absolutely. the Buffalo Trace sir yeah um, appreciate your time sir yeah absolutely yep hey thanks for listening to this episode on the triad podcast network our mission is simple provide information advice and stories about the people and places that make the north carolina triad such a great place to be you can find us by searching triad podcast network on apple Podcasts, spotify pretty much wherever you like to listen if you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.